This episode is supported by Jace Medical. You may or may not know that in December, drug shortages across the U.S. hit a record high. This is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, and the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. I know that I have heard in the last few months from multiple mom friends of mine, instances where they have not been able to get medications for themselves or for their children in critical crisis moments. This is so, so scary. I know I've had friends with their kids having seasonal flu cold symptoms, struggling to breathe, and they're at urgent care and unable to get the antibiotics that they need because of these shortages. This is scary stuff. Most notably, one of the short supply antibiotics is amoxicillin, which is commonly used for so many of our children's illnesses. So here's where Jace Medical comes in. They have the Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that are used for the most common common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your or your children's family's unique needs, like an EpiPen, for example, something that you would never want to be without, would never want to have to run from pharmacy to pharmacy in pursuit of. So if you want to go get these medications and have your antibiotics on supply so that you always have them when you need them in case of an emergency, in case of a disaster, in case of being a, you know, a victim of this drug shortage, Jace Medical will have you covered. All you need to do is go to jacemedical.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code SHAMELESS at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com, jacemedical.com, code SHAMELESS. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 103. Show notes for this episode can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 103. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day. Because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. Hello, hello, shameless moms. Woo! You guys, I'm recording on a Tuesday. I'm recording three and a half days early. Usually I record on Friday afternoon because that's just how things come together and I don't seem to be able to make time before then. But this week I'm recording on Tuesday at noon. I'm kind of proud of myself. Hold on while I give myself a little pat on the back. So I'll tell you, it's actually because I'm traveling tomorrow, so I have to record. Although it did enter my mind because this week has thrown everything in my life upside down. It did enter my mind that like I might have to like pack my microphone and record while I'm traveling because I wasn't sure if I was going to get this in. But you know what? Life just keeps throwing me curveballs in 2017. I almost said 2018. <laughs> We're not there yet. Like, please, God, don't let us be there yet. But life just keeps throwing me curveballs in 2017. And I'm just catching them. I'm catching them. And I'm running and I'm moving with it. I'm going with it. And things are happening. So we have crazy things happening. We're turning over our rental house, which is like always an ordeal. So we're cleaning it up for new renters. I've had some like things going on at the gym that have just been unexpected and I had a trainer out sick. And so just getting coverage for that just takes time. I got to go in and teach today. So this is the thing. I own a gym and I am rarely actually there because I run it from home. And when I am there, it's usually to like run certain little programs and meetings, but I got to actually go in and teach boot camp today. And I very rarely get to do that. And it is so fun. And there's going to be a handful of people in Seattle tomorrow who can barely walk. 
Just saying. So actually, it was super fun. And I didn't totally cripple them because I don't believe in that. But it was really fun. And it was really great. It's always fun to kind of go back to your roots. And when you don't, you know, when I taught a million classes a week, I got pretty burnt out and pretty tired of it. But to go in and pop in every now and then and just do some super fun workout and really put my heart into it and feel like I'm creating a really great experience for everyone super fun. So it's funny that like, even though this was a last minute unexpected thing, because one of my trainers was sick, and no one could cover. So I had to go in and I kind of threw a little bit of a wrench in my day. But it also was like, this is kind of a lucky little blessing. Like I get to go in, I get to see my people. It's always really fun to catch up with people. And I feel like I'm just like catching up with my extended family whenever I go into the gym and get to see my members. So even when you have those unexpected blips, little silver linings come out of them, right? So it's important to look at those things and kind of notice the wins in those moments and what that happened in those unexpected events. So one of the things that's been kind of funny is in all this craziness, the Grammys were on last weekend. And we were, I can't remember where I was with Vinny. Oh, I took Vinny swimming on Sunday afternoon from 4.30 to 5.30. And I texted my husband from the pool and was like, oh my gosh, I forgot to record the Grammys. Will you record them? Well, he didn't see my text. He was doing stuff. So in the middle of all this craziness, I've been trying to keep up with the important events of the world. And by important events, I mean the Grammys. So on Sunday, I frantically texted my husband. I had taken Vinny swimming. So we were swimming at Family Swim from 4.30 to 5.30. And I frantically texted him from the pool, like, oh my gosh, record the Grammys. And then like we were like scrambling to watch them. Our evenings have just been so chaotic. So on Sunday night, we like got Vinny in bed and like had to do all these things. And I was texting with trainers trying to get coverage for my sick trainer on Monday. And I was like, okay, like hurry up, let's watch the Grammys and like fast forward the commercials and like just get it in. And it's like, a really long show. So we didn't end up being able to watch all of it. And then last night, Monday night was kind of the same where I was like, okay, we have to watch the other half and like in the middle of doing other things. And I led a conference call and Vinny was like having a hard bedtime. And so all these chaotic things were going on. And we're like, hold on, we got to like watch the Grammys because I had seen so many things on social media and in just little news stories and stuff about different performances and things that I really wanted to see. So finally got it all watched. <laughs> like my civic obligation to entertainment has been fulfilled. So what I loved the most, so there was a number of things that I really enjoyed, but what I really, really loved and what I want to talk to you, what kind of inspired this episode today was Adele's acceptance speech. So when she got up on stage, she'd already gotten a couple of awards and she performed twice. Like she was on stage a lot and amazing every time. So she got up on stage and this time for her third Grammy, I believe it was this final one for winning album of the year, she seemed much more emotional immediately than the other two Grammys that she had received. And so I'm going to read what she said. I'm not going to read the whole speech, um, but I'm going to read the part that's relevant to what we talked about today. She also did this amazing tribute to Beyonce that I thought was so cool and so humble and just a really like high class thing to do. I'm not going to talk about that, but if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend that you like Google it and find it. I'm sure you can watch it on YouTube or something. It was really, really awesome. But I want to talk about what she talks about and what she says about motherhood in accepting her award. So here's what she said. She gets the award. She comes out to the mic. She's tearful. And she says, thank you. Hi, guys. Hi, everyone. As you can see, it took an army to make me strong and willing again enough to do it. But thank you from the bottom of my heart. Five years ago when I was here, I was also pregnant, but I didn't know. I found out shortly after, which was the biggest blessing of my life. And in my pregnancy and through becoming a mother, I lost a lot of myself and I've struggled. I still do struggle being a mom. It's really hard. But tonight winning this kind of feels full circle and like a bit of me has come back to myself. So I'm watching this and then she goes into her big Beyonce tribute, which was phenomenal. And 
I'm watching this and I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. Like I get this. Everything in me gets this because part of the reason I started this podcast was because after I had Vinny, I felt like it took me so long to recover. It took me so long to get a sense of self again. And that's why I wanted to do a podcast where I could help moms find their identity again after motherhood. And what I think is one of the biggest truths about motherhood is that after you have your baby, you don't like settle into life and go back to what used to be. You settle into this new life and you begin building. It's like starting from scratch. You begin building out this new life. And one of the things that I really struggled with, and I've talked about before, is that my first year with Vinny, I kept just waiting for things to go back to how they used to be. I was like, when are we just going to be back to normal? Like you're never going to go back to normal once the baby's there. That's your new normal. And I kept thinking like, well, we just get to this milestone. Like when he just is on a better nap schedule, it'll be back to normal. Or when he's sleeping through the night, it'll be back to normal. Or when I'm done breastfeeding, it'll be back to normal. And we were in this fantastic parents group called Peps here in Seattle where we were partnered up with other families that had had babies at the exact same time as us living really close to us. And we met with them weekly. And every week we did highs and lows. And every week my low would be the same. Every week I would say, I'm really mourning my old life. Like I just want things to go like something to go back to what it used to be. Like everything is new and different. And I don't want everything to be new and different. I want something to be like it used to be. And even when my husband and I would like try to do date night, it would still be like, oh, but like we need to be home early because I need to pump or we need to be home early because the baby's going to like be up in three hours to get fed or what, like all these, it felt like there was just limits on everything. And that was really hard for me. It felt like nothing was like it used to be. As someone who doesn't deal with transition well, that was very overwhelming. And it it was that things weren't like they used to be, and they were never going to be that way again. And I felt like I didn't have a chance to really celebrate my old life properly because I didn't understand that I would never get to go back there. And that felt like such a big loss. And it really took me that whole entire first year of realizing, oh my gosh, like it's never going back and maybe that can be okay. It took a long time to feel okay with that. And I remember saying to someone when Vinny was really little, just a couple months old, I was like, every day is the same day. Like there's no distinction between the weekdays and the weekends. There's no like TGIF because you don't get the weekend off. It's just every day is the same. And they were like, oh, like every day is like Saturday. I was like, no, every day is freaking Monday. Like every day is like a new day of the same thing I did yesterday, but potentially some more challenges, like potentially some things that I haven't dealt with before that I don't know how to deal with that I don't feel equipped for. Like that's literally how I viewed every day. So I mean, you know, pretty positive, right? (laughs) But that was really, really challenging and really, really overwhelming and definitely somewhat depressing to me and that creating anxiety. And I just didn't feel like myself. And I remember at some point, Vinny was like a year and a half old. And I remember being out with my husband doing something. Vinny wasn't there. And I remember laughing about something and feeling like, oh my gosh, like I'm actually being kind of fun right now. I'm actually not being like crazy, cranky, neurotic, grumpy about whatever, stressed out about whatever. I'm just like out doing something, having fun and laughing. That was so unfamiliar to me. And I remember thinking, wow, like this kid is a year and a half year old. And this is when I'm noticing like, oh, I'm a little bit fun again. (laughs) Again, like that was kind of depressing. So I think this sense of losing yourself is very true and it's big and we don't acknowledge it because we're so in the thick of things. We don't even notice it until we're so far gone. And so, you know, Adele saying that like five years ago when she was last on stage at the Grammys or when she was up there receiving an award, that was five years ago when she was a different person. And now she's like finally feeling like she's coming back to herself a little bit in producing this new album. 
And I think that I can relate to that because I feel like it took me a good three years. You know, when Vinny was three, I finally felt like, okay, like maybe I'm going to survive this. And I think I expected to feel that way after like two to three months. Like I very much thought like, I know that's going to be a little hard. There's going to be a little transition, but like after two to three months, we'll be good. We'll have it down. And it took me like three years. And so I totally understand what she's saying, that it is so hard and it takes a really long time and a lot of circumstances to feel like, oh, I'm there. Like I'm me again. And even that the me again is a different version of me. So I think what I want to do today is address kind of what these challenges are and why it's easy to lose yourself. Because I think that we have really inappropriate expectations of ourselves. It's inappropriate to think that you can add a baby to the mix or even add a second or third child to the mix and that it'll just be like, oh, okay, like little bump in the road, but now we're good. We're all recovered. Like that's not how it works. Everything that you do, every time you add a child, whether it's the first, the second, the third, the fourth, or the fifth, every time you do that, you are chartering new territory and you're figuring out like, how do all these pieces work together now? Like I know how they used to work together, but how do they work together now in this format with these specific pieces? Because now the pieces are new and different. And so how is that all going to come together and how will we work as a unit in our family? And that might be, you know, your puzzle pieces might be like you, your husband, the baby, maybe another sibling, maybe a pet, maybe some jobs are in there. Maybe you have aging parents that you're responsible for. There can be a ton of different dynamics that are in there that make up that puzzle. And so when you add a piece as significant as a person, another human to that, it really throws everything for a loop. So that some of the challenges of motherhood and some of the reasons that I see moms lose themselves are as follows. So one of them is that you start living on a loop. So when that baby is born, you go through this routine of like change the baby, feed the baby, rock the baby, pump, change the baby, feed the baby, rock the baby, pump, or, you know, something along those lines. It might look a little different based depending on what your feeding situation is, but it's something like that. And you're stuck in this loop. And like, you can't, if you break the loop at any point, like something gets messed up. So for me, it was like, if I broke the loop, then I didn't have time to pump. And then the baby was screaming. And then I had to pump while the baby was screaming, which would make my milk not produce at all. And so like, if one thing got messed up, everything got messed up. And so I had to live in this loop. And I also... And living in the loop, I felt like, okay, like now I'm controlling it all. Now it's somewhat manageable. But I also was like, oh my God, like, is there life outside of this loop? Is there any end to this loop? It's just this like infinite loop of nothing really that awesome for me. Now, not to say that there weren't amazing baby snuggles in there because there were, and there was certainly like moments and highlights and things like that. But the mundane parts of it that were in the loop felt very overwhelming and very challenging. And it felt like there was no end in sight for when I would be able to get out of this. And a lot of that for me had to do with nursing. Like, when am I going to be done nursing? How much longer do I have to pump? Is this always going to be so horrible? I had horrible production. Vinny was always hungry. He wasn't gaining weight. I was on like 30 pills a day at one point trying to supplement my milk supply. I was on this like crazy high calorie diet with all these, like any food that anyone said would increase milk supply, I was eating it. So I was like adding like all this disgusting stuff to my oatmeal every morning and trying to gag it down, hoping that it would help with milk supply and lactation and all this. And then I had a bunch of other issues with mastitis and clogs. And so I was on a bunch of stuff for that. And it was just like this never ending insanity around nursing and feeding and living in that loop. And it was not fun. So the other reason that you lose yourself is that you're tired. You are tired to the bone. And 
you are so tired and you've been so tired for so long that you don't even notice that you're tired anymore. So when someone asks you if you're tired, you're like, no, I'm fine. Like I got like, I got like three hours of sleep last night and then I was up for an hour. And then like, I got like two more hours after that. So like, I got like five hours. I'm good. You think that what you're feeling energy wise is normal. You don't even realize that you're sleep deprived because you've been sleep deprived for so long that you just kind of feel like this is how it is. And you don't realize until a couple years out sometimes when you've actually gotten consistent good sleep again, that like, wow, I was kind of a zombie. Like that was crazy. I don't know how I did it. But when you're in it, you're just like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Because you have to be good. You have to stay functional. So if you let yourself fall apart over it, if you're like, oh my God, no, actually I'm exhausted and I'm losing my mind. Then you start to behave more like you're exhausted and losing your mind. And it's much more challenging to take care of your baby. So it's really normal that you actually like trick yourself into believing that you're totally good, even though you're not, even though you are like clinically exhausted. You're also hormonal and you're hormonal for a long time. It's not just for a few weeks. So it's not like, oh, my baby's two months old. I'm no longer hormonal. No, you're like actually still hormonal for quite a while. And for some people, it might be like up to a year. If you look at postpartum depression, that sometimes doesn't hit until a baby's over a year old. So you are definitely still hormonal long after that baby is born. And the other thing, everything will make you cry. And I swear to God, this lasts for the rest of your life because Vinny is almost four and a half and everything makes me cry. And like the funniest things that I'm like, I can't even think of a good example. I'll use the example that I used on Facebook the other day and on Instagram. So we've been touring preschools and kindergartens for next year for pre-K. And every time I walk into like a pre-K classroom and I see kids artwork up on the wall, I like start to tear up. And especially if it's something like one of the things at one of the schools we looked at this week, they had these little pictures, like kids had drawn pictures. And then underneath the teacher had written like, what is one thing you love about your family or something? So like, it was like a sentence that was like, I love my family because dot, dot, dot. And then the kids would like say what they loved and the teacher would fill in the blank. And I'm just like standing there like about to burst into tears reading these things. And they're so cute and they're so funny. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is the most adorable thing ever. And I'm thinking like, I don't want to start crying in front of this school administrator who's taking us on this tour or in front of my husband for that matter, because they're both going to think I'm crazy. But it was just like this sweet, cute thing that was also such a reminder of like time flies, but yet time stands still. And like, there's all these fleeting moments and the innocence of youth and like all of this, like you get like something happens to your heart where you can't shut down your emotions in a proper manner anymore. So you just cry over everything. So this happens to me all the time and to the point that it's a little bit embarrassing, but I try to just embrace it because you all know that like the things that I'm most uncomfortable with, I will just put them out there so everyone knows. So I'm crying regularly over really silly things. And maybe you are too. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, 
you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. The other reason that you lose yourself in motherhood is that you don't look like yourself when you look in the mirror. Physically, you look different and your spirit is different. You're not as jubilant, maybe, or maybe you're not as fun or as carefree as you expected you would be because you thought like, oh, I'll just have this bouncing little baby on my knee and we'll just sing songs together and read books together and it'll just be so fun when in actual life, it's totally different than that. So you look in the mirror and you don't even recognize your body and you don't really recognize your spirit and you can't see anything that is the old you. You don't see anything recognizable. And that is haunting. And that is scary. And that is overwhelming. And it takes some time to realize I'm different now, but I'm just as good. Or maybe I'm even better. I mean, I think most moms would say their lives are much better. And you can look at your body and say the same thing or your spirit and say the same thing. We're often, we stand in front of the mirror and we're just extremely critical of what we see physically rather than acknowledging like, wow, this is different but I'm better. So think about that the next time you stand in front of the mirror. And then note also, what is your normal conversation when you stand in front of the mirror? Because I doubt that you look in front of the mirror and say, I'm different, but I'm better. So if you're not someone who's already doing that, really think about how you can start doing that and noticing that, yes, I'm different, but I'm better. And that can be physically, that can be emotionally, that can be in like your expansive ability to love totally differently and openly and unconditionally, which is so different in motherhood. Another reason you lose yourself in motherhood is because no one thanks you for anything. You are just expected to show up around the clock with no affirmations and no feedback that you are 100% killing it. So I'm going to tell you right now, you're killing it totally. Every single day you are killing it, but no one's telling you that. So you're doubting it. You're like, oh man, like I failed this way and that way. And like, I took care of my kid today, but like my husband might hate me or I took care of you know, my kid today, but like I've totally failed at work or like there's all these things or maybe like I did great at work today, but I didn't see my kid at all. So there's, you're constantly like, well, I did this, but I failed here and I failed there and I failed there and this isn't working. There's like all these ways to like take away any affirmation of anything good that you're doing. And no one is telling you that the things that you are doing well, you're totally doing well. So just know that no matter what you're doing or how you're doing, you're killing it. You also lose yourself because you can't believe how much you care about someone else and how little you care about yourself. You just keep acting like that as if you care 100% for someone else and 0% for you. And this seems normal to you. You don't even notice maybe that in your need and desire to take care of someone else and in like the fundamentals of like a necessity of needing to take care of someone else, 
you don't even notice that you don't take care of yourself at all, that you don't ever put yourself first, that you don't ever consider what you want. You consider like what your child or your children needs. And then you consider maybe like what your husband needs. And then you consider what your work needs. And so there's all these things where you're considering the kids, the partner, the work, all those things. And then at the end, you're like, oh my God, I'm so tired. I don't even care about what I need. So you can't believe how much you are taking care of someone else and how little you take care of yourself, but you also don't know how to reverse it because it would be selfish to be like, you know what? you know what, little boy, I'm only going to take care of you 78% today because I'm going to take care of me 22%. (laughs) So maybe you should also learn to do some math when you're trying to figure out your ratios. So you don't think about those ratios. You don't think about, you just think like, well, if my child's in front of me needing something, that's what I'm going to do. And I was actually listening to Aaron Brown. By the way, you guys, I got to meet Aaron Brown last weekend. Can't believe we didn't talk about that earlier. So I met Erin Brown from IamErinBrown.com, who I've interviewed on this podcast, and I adore her. And I'll link to her episode in the show notes because she's amazing and I want everyone to have more Erin Brown in their life. So I met Erin Brown last weekend. She spoke at an event here in Seattle. She was phenomenal. And I got to like totally fangirl on her before the show and talk to her for a few minutes. And one of the things she talked about was making it really clear to her daughter that this is how we do self-care in our house. And like, this is what mommy does to take care of herself every day. And she made this great comparison. She's like, you know what happens when my husband wants to play basketball? He just does. You know what my husband, what happens when my husband needs some space from us or just needs to like take a little time to himself? He just does. And everyone's like totally cracking up because like, that's true, right? If your spouse like needs some space or some time or wants to go do some hobby or whatever, they just do it. They're like, I mean, like they might check in first and say like, is there a best time this weekend for me to do this or whatever? But then, but it's not this like, oh my God, I'm feel so bad taking time from the family. They just go do the thing. You on the other hand, when you put yourself first, it's totally different. And it comes with guilt and it comes with like making sure everyone's going to be all taken care of while you're away. And I'm so guilty of this when I travel and I did it this, I'm traveling tomorrow. And like this weekend on Sunday, I was frantically like making all these crock pot meals. So Vinny and Vince would have food while I'm gone. So when I travel, I often prep food for them in advance and then I'm bitter about it. And I'm like, you know what? Like my husband is a grown ass man. He can make himself some dinner and he can make my kids some dinner. But yet I still find myself in the kitchen making them food three days in before I leave and then freezing it and like having it all ready to go. And he does not ask me to do that. I just do it because I'm like, if it's done, it'll be easier for them. This is just like the nature of momming where you're like, it's just easier if I just do it. So one of the things Aaron Brown was talking about is like for her, for her daughter, it's really important to her to model self-care so that her daughter knows that like to be 100% functional, like fully present woman, I have to do some things for myself every day. And so that means that I don't always do everything for you the minute you need me to do it for you. So that might mean that like, you know, in the evening after dinner, she goes and she takes a bath by herself for 20 minutes while her daughter's doing homework or something. I mean, it could be meaning a million different things in a million different directions, but where there's this like very clear, like this is what mommy's doing for herself right now. And it's not like squeezed in between things or like after I put you to bed, then I'm going to go do the thing for myself. And that might need to happen sometimes, but it can also be like in the middle of momming. It can be like, you know what? I'm going to push pause right now and stop momming because right now is a time I'm doing something for me. And that means that maybe daddy is going to come in and take over, or that means maybe the iPad is going to come in and take over, or that means that you're going to go play by yourself. But right now I need to do this for me. And that's completely okay and completely appropriate. 
So the other reason, another reason that you lose yourself in motherhood is that you desperately want a break, but you don't know what to do with yourself if you get one. And then you feel bad for wanting one. So I know this happened to me the first time Vince took Vinny out on Saturday morning with this little dad's group. So one of Vince's best friends put together this dad group of six dads. And they all have sons that were born within a couple months of each other. And so it's six little boys and these six dads. And I personally think it's like their media tour because like they go to the zoo and everyone's like, oh, look at the dads with all their sons out on a Saturday morning. It's so precious. So I'm like, this is a big PR thing. But in reality, though, it's super fun. They've been doing dad's group now on Saturday morning for a few years. And now we vacation with them. So we're actually going to be last year, we went to Mexico together. This year, we're going to Hawaii. And at the end of February, we'll all be together. So super, super fun, great connections with these families. It is like such a high value, high priority relationship that we have with these other families. And one of the things that happened when they first started meeting, one of the first Saturdays that the dads all got together, I didn't have to be anywhere. So I was able to be home for like three hours while Vince was gone with Vinny. And I was like, this is my dream come true. I'm never in my house by myself. And then I was like, and I don't know what the heck to do with myself. I was like, well, I guess I could like watch a TV show. I don't know. That seems weird. Like, what do you watch on Saturday morning at 10 o'clock? There's nothing on. I mean, like, I can always watch a Property Brothers marathon. So there's always that. But like, there was nothing like super pressing that I wanted to watch. I must not have had any real housewives to catch up on that day. So I was like, well, I don't really want to watch TV. And I don't really want to like, just like do chores because this seems like it should be like a treat for me. Like it should be like treat time. So I don't want to do laundry and dishes. I was like, what do I even do? I don't know. And I honestly, I don't remember what I did that day, but I remember that three hours being like, I don't know what to do. And then like the last hour of it, texting Vince frantically, like, well, when are you coming home? It's getting close to nap time. Are you going to be home soon? And what are you giving him for lunch? And blah, blah, blah. Like (laughs) all these things. Like I couldn't even enjoy my time because first of all, I didn't know what to do with it. And second of all, I was like wanting to control whatever was going on with my son at the same time. I've gotten a lot better now. And now when they leave, I'm like, you go and you stay gone for as long as you want. In fact, you don't have to come back today at all if you don't want to. So the other reason that we lose ourselves in motherhood is that we keep waiting for life to go back to normal. So I talked about this before, but like I spent that whole first year just waiting for things to go back to normal, just be normal again, just be normal, simple life. It's never going to be normal, simple life again. It's just a series of transitions from one phase to another. But that doesn't mean it doesn't get good again. It's just different. It's just constantly evolving. And so once you can wrap your head around that, then it gets a lot better. And now, I mean, now that Vinny's four and a half, I'm like, oh, like there's all these cool things that we can do. Like going and doing things with him is actually fun. You know, there was a while in there when he was like between one and two and like you go to a park and he's not really walking well. And you're like, I guess we'll just push you in the swing for a little while longer. Like how long do you push a baby in a swing? Like 30 minutes, do you push a baby for 30 minutes? Cause it seems silly to go to the park for like four minutes, which is about how long it seems appropriate to push you in the swing for. But like, there's nothing else you can do at the bar. It's just weird. So I remember trying to like get out of the house and do these outings and then being like, I don't really know what we're supposed to do. We took Vinny to this little indoor skate place, like for skateboarding when he was one and a half. And my girlfriend was like, yeah, just take him. It'll be fine. They have really little kids there. Okay. By really little kids, she meant like four and five-year-olds were the youngest. So I take my one and a half-year-old there and they're like, he can't go on a skateboard when he's one and a half. We don't even have a helmet that fits him. And I was like, oh, okay. So we just watched and like, he liked watching, but there are these windows where you're like, I don't even know what to do with this person. And then as things evolve, you figure out things to do with them and you are able to do more things with them. And then you kind of get into this like flow of like, here's what we do on the weekend. And here's what we do during the week. And 
So you stop waiting for things to go back to normal and you stop waiting to like go back to your old life or find your old self. And you now are like, you're the person who like when I took Vinny swimming on Sunday, I was like, yes, we get to go swimming at 430. This is going to be so fun. And I like literally was like excited about it. And I was like, God, I'm such a nerd that I'm like so excited about freaking family swim. <laughs> like, It's really not that cool. But I was pumped about it. And we went, and we had a great time. So it's funny the things like you get excited about. And you're like, I can't believe I'm so excited about this. I should probably be a little bit embarrassed. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Hey, are you a parent of a teenager? Are you feeling overwhelmed about how to be what they need while also holding limits and boundaries that keep them safe? Are you tired of conversations that negate how messy this season of parenting is? Well, I've got you. My name is Casey O'Rourke. I am a positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and the host of the Joyful Courage podcast. Every week I come to you with an interview, digging into tough topics with experts I trust and solo shows that go deep into the personal growth and mindset needed to raise teens in a way that grows them into confident, capable young people. I am not afraid of getting real about the intersection of conscious parenting and the teen years, while also bringing in vulnerability, humor, and lightness. I'm walking the path with you and honored to serve. Listen to Joyful Courage on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. So the last reason that you lose yourself is because there's so many things to learn and keep track of, and you're the one in charge of it all. And that might be by choice and that might be by necessity, but I think that's just the nature of momming, that you are the one in charge of it all. The dudes are not researching the best breast pumps or the best swaddles or the best bottle nipples or whether or not to co-sleep or how long is it normal to cry it out or when is the next sleep regression or how long is it until there's actually a sleep schedule. So you as the mom, you get a degree in newborn university all by yourself during via home study while working full time to keep this tiny little thing alive. It is like getting your doctorate overnight because your life changes 100% in a matter of hours. From the time you go into labor to the time you're done with labor, everything in your life changes, every single thing. And you don't know what you don't know until you're in it. So you can't really like do a ton of reading in advance, which I tried to do, by the way, where I'm like, oh, I'm going to read like, you know, when my baby is like, you know, four months old, here's what I can do to like help them get on a sleep schedule. Like you can't read that in your third trimester pregnancy and actually remember how to do it when they're four months old. So you're waiting until they're actually four months old. And then you're like flipping to the chapter in the book that's like, oh, my God, how do I do this right now today? How do we get on a schedule? Because I'm dying here. So you're learning it all as you go. And you're getting this degree, like literally overnight, you get this degree and all this stuff. I remember texting with one of my girlfriends who had a baby the same week as me. And we were, it was basically like this flurry of texting that did not end for probably a year where it was like, well, what did you do for this? And what did you do for that? And did you order this and like go on Amazon Prime? I didn't have Amazon Prime before I had a child, by the way. Because I was like, why wouldn't you just like go to the store and buy some things? And then I had this baby and I was like, oh my God, like just deliver everything. And so you get into this place where like, hopefully you have a network of other moms. If you don't find one, I mean, 
big cities especially are going to have networks of new moms where you can find these groups and you guys can co-learn things together and share resources. And so what I did with my friend Angela is that we were just constantly texting each other like, well, what are you doing for this? And what are you doing for that? And here's a good book on this. And what's this like? And like, how is pumping going? And what's nursing like? And what's the, it was just constant because our babies were just a few days apart. Granted, they were very different babies. Like hers was quiet and happy and mine was not, but we still were able to like find this common ground and this huge resource in each other, just finding peace and knowing that like we were all living in insanity together, which was very comforting. So these are all the reasons that you lose yourself. You lose yourself for all these reasons. You don't know how to get it back. You don't know how to like find your mojo. You don't realize that it might take you a year and a half to laugh and feel a little bit like you again. And so we have to stop and recognize that in the middle of all this, in the middle of like, oh my God, am I even going to survive? You are amazing. And everything that you do every day is amazing as a mom. And this would speak to whether you're like a new mom and you have a brand new baby or you have an eight-year-old or you have an 18-year-old because every single day you have an extreme and supreme sense of responsibility and you take it to the extent that you make sure that everything gets done and everyone stays alive every single day. That is a huge skill set. And you will realize what the skill set is like if you are someone who does it all and then you leave for a while. So like maybe you leave for a few hours or you leave overnight and your partner is texting you like, well, where do we put this and what do we do with that? And how do we make a lunch? I mean, this literally happened to me recently where I had not been out of town for a while and I left to go somewhere. And my husband was like, so what are we doing for lunches these days? And I was like, you know what? Like, that's kind of offensive because I shouldn't be the one making lunch so often that you don't even know what we're doing for lunch right now (laughs) when we're making Vinny's lunch. But that's just how it is because I like have it systematized. We're going to talk about systems in a minute. I have things systematized where I'm like, I just do it because I can put it into my schedule and just keep doing it the same way every day. And that just keeps it easy. So you have this extreme and supreme sense of responsibility to keep everything moving so that everyone stays alive and you do it and you do it every single day. That's phenomenal, by the way, phenomenal. You are also amazing because you can make dinner and put on a small circus act to entertain your child and empty the dishwasher and talk to your mom all at the same time. You are also amazing because you research everything from the best bottle nipples to the safest crib bumpers to the best preschools to the best colleges. You are all knowing and ready to give your child what is the absolute best for them. You're also amazing because you can systematize everything from grocery shopping to laundry. If there is an efficient shortcut that you can make, you will find it. Your partner, your husband probably not so much. I know that I can unload our dishwasher in under three minutes because I have a system. When I watch him unload the dishwasher, I cringe and I'm like, why? How? What are you doing? The same would go for loading the dishwasher. On Saturday morning or Sunday morning, he went to start the dishwasher and there was a glass on the counter. And I went, I go, oh, I said, here, put this in there before you start it. And he goes, oh no, it's totally, he goes, it's a jigsaw puzzle in there. I cannot cram one more thing in. And I was like, I'm sure you can cram one more thing in. So I open it and I look, he goes, no, seriously. And I open it and within like a split second, I'm like, oh, here, just put the glass right here. And he's like, well, you can't just put it right there. I'm like, yeah, you can just put it right there. And then I close it and start it. And then I was like, oh, and there's also this bowl over here. And I like open it and he's like, you can't just do it. I'm like, yes, you can. And so you have a system for everything and you can cram everything in. Like you can get everything in the dishwasher, probably three times more than anyone else who would load your dishwasher. You can also get everything out of the dishwasher in its appropriate place in probably half the time as anyone else in your household. And I do emphasize in an appropriate place because when my kind husband does unload the dishwasher, which I greatly appreciate, but I'm like, dude, like, where did you put the strainer? Things are in the weirdest places. And I'm like, you live here, right? Like, you know, 
Like every time you take the strainer off the shelf, it's always right here on the shelf. So why you would put it like over here in this cupboard with the Tupperware where I've never, ever put it and you've never actually found it there. A little confusing to me, but again, so grateful that you unloaded the dishwasher. <laughs> Another reason you're amazing is because you can read a bedtime story and draft a long ass email in your head at the same time. You can also pump and vacuum at the same time. You can also mentally write a grocery list and plan dinner while having a very important conversation with your boss. You can also learn an entire new set of life skills, i.e. keeping another human alive virtually overnight. When you travel, you can plan and pack for yourself and all your kids while your husband kindly packs for him and he's probably stressed out by it. And when you get to the airport and you go through security, you can get yourself and the carry-ons, and the kids all through security while your husband's still taking his belt off. I know this from personal experience. I don't know what my husband does in security, but I do know that Vinny and I are through there with all of our gear, even when he was an infant and I had to like fold up the Bob stroller and get it on the belt and like all that stuff. We are still like through security, everything like put back together. And my husband is still like untying one shoe at a time, taking his time. I'm like, dude, we're going to go get some food. So we'll just meet you at the food court because I don't even know what you're doing back there. Only taking care of yourself and security. <laughs> so these are the ways that you are amazing every day. At the end of the day, every damn day, you deserve a trophy because every day you do what the old you would have thought was impossible. The old you would have been like exhausted just thinking about it. If you were to make a list of everything you do in a day and give it to your pre-mom self, you'd be like, yeah, right. First of all, I don't want to do that. And second of all, there's no way I'm going to do that. Like I'm going to find a better way. And then in reality, you just do it. You just do the things that you have to do. And to some extent, there's some pride in that and like getting things done and taking care of everyone. And there's also a lot of magical moments that happen while you're doing these things. And so like not that folding laundry is magical all the time or even sometimes, but you have these little moments in there where like, I know that Vinny and I often like, I'll be putting the final touches. I, there's a few things in his lunch that I'll wait to put in. I make his lunch the night before school, but then the morning of there's a few last minute things I'll put in there that I don't want sitting out overnight or in the fridge because they'll get soggy or gooey or whatever. And so he'll help me pick a couple things to put in there. And we have these like tiny little moments. And it's because I go through all these processes every day that I get to have these little tiny moments with him where I'm like, oh, do you want this or that? Do you want this? You know, do you want some chips or do you want some crackers or whatever? But I get to have these little interactions and like, that's where the magic happens. So even though sometimes I can get really bitter about things, we're like, why am I the one who always has to do the lunch? At the same time, I do get to have these tiny little interactions where I'm like, oh, like that was great. This happens with walking Vinny to school. Oh, drop off for us has been like a marathon of battles. It feels like, and this year has been so much better than the last two years, but I would get so frustrated. Like, why do I always have to do this? Like, my husband would have to be to work earlier. Like, why do I have to take him to school? It's such an ordeal. It's like ex mentally and emotionally exhausting because he's usually a disaster and he doesn't want to say goodbye. But then there would be these moments like walking to school where we have a funny little conversation or he would like take me in his classroom and show me something really cute. Or I get to see him interact with a friend in a certain way. I was like, Oh, like, you know what? I'm the lucky one. Like I get to do this thing that makes me crazy 90% of the time that I don't want to do 90% of the time, but 10% of the time, there's this little bit of magic that makes it worth it hundred percent of the time. So you get to have those moments. So at the end of the day, it's worth it, but you also deserve a trophy and you deserve a lot of affirmation and you deserve someone telling you every single day that you're killing it. So today I'm telling you, you are killing it. So it's no wonder you don't remember your life before kids, right? It's no wonder that you don't even know what your hobbies and interests are anymore. If someone were to ask you to like fill out a little questionnaire about yourself and someone were to say like, what are your outside interests? What are your hobbies? Like, what would you say? 
you maybe would say reading or watching TV because that's your way of escaping at the end of a day of momming. But what else? It's really hard. Like you have to really push yourself to actually have hobbies and interests because there's so little room on your plate for extra things that you're probably not going to have like joining a knitting club on your plate. Now, that's not to say that that doesn't happen because I think that it does happen, especially as your kids get older. And I think that it is so important to make that happen. So if there's something you're interested in, do that thing. I know that one of my clients went back to school. She left her corporate job to go back to school to become a baker. And it was like, this is the thing I'm really interested in. I'm like, this has been a hobby of mine and I'm so interested. I'm going to like change my whole career path because of this. And so when you think about what you're really interested in, like pay attention, like I'm not interested in baking just because I make a lot of crock pot meals does not mean I'm interested in cooking and does not mean I want a hobby in crock potting. That's what I spend a lot of my time doing though. So I'm constantly thinking of like, what are my other hobbies? What are the things I really enjoy doing? And so for me, I love reading. I love personal development. I love writing. I love podcasting. I love speaking. I love sharing. I love spending time with girlfriends. I love working out and doing like new fitnessy kinds of things. And then there's also things that I want to do when Vinny gets older that and that is hobbies and interests that I'd like to pursue, like getting back on my snowboard and snowshoeing and doing more snow activities as a family and things along those lines. So I'm kind of like, even when I don't have time to actually be doing the things that are my potential hobbies and interests, I'm kind of keeping on my radar. Like, what do I want those things ultimately to be? It's also no wonder that you feel lost and you don't even know what you're looking for because every day you're busy focusing on everyone else. You're busy giving a hundred percent to other people. So it makes sense that you feel lost, but it also makes sense that you don't know what you're looking for because you have been so far removed from your own identity for so long that you don't even know how to start finding it. But the good news is you can find yourself again, whether your baby is eight months old or eight years old or 18 years old. The other side of that is you have to take action. You have to take radical responsibility. So in last week's episode, I talked about six steps to falling in love with your life. And if you haven't listened, make sure you go back and listen to that episode because that will give you some really great ideas of ways to start taking action to loving your life more and finding yourself a little bit more because you do need to be more selfish. You do need to be more shameless. You have to stop wearing that, you know, I'm such a busy mom or we have such a crazy life. Stop wearing that as a badge of honor. That's not honorable. Being a martyr mommy that's not a badge of honor. You're not serving your family or anyone else to your best ability if you're not serving yourself. So not that you should serve yourself in order to better care of other people, but serve yourself so that you can live the biggest, best life that you can. And then as a trickle down effect, you will help others, especially in your immediate family, live their biggest and best life. So you have to start putting yourself first every single day at some point. So every single day, there needs to be a moment where you're like, you know what, this is where I'm putting myself first today. And you can have it systematized where it's like, for me, first thing in the morning, I get up and work out. That is where I put myself first every single day. So basically the first thing I do when I get out of bed is put myself first. It might be for you at the end of your day. It might be in the middle of your day. It might be that you take time at work, like on your lunch break and go do something that's just for you. That's not checking work emails while you're eating lunch. So that might look different for different people. It might be, this is, I had like the craziest guilt about this. When Vinny was home part-time and in preschool part-time, so now he's in preschool full-time, but when he was home part-time, on days that he was home, when he would take a nap, I would watch TV. And I was like, you know, I feel like everyone else like uses nap time to get things done and I use it to like veg out. So that was me putting myself first. Like if the kid gets a nap and he gets downtime, I get downtime. And then I will like hustle the time when he's awake to make sure we get all the other stuff done. But like, if he's going to chill out, I'm going to chill out. So you have to start putting yourself first at every single day and having that be very definitive. Like this is when I do it. This is how I do it. And really recognizing that. So all of that is to say that momming is hard. 
And it takes some time to come back to yourself, but you can come back to yourself. And sometimes it takes an army, just like Adele said, it takes an army of people to convince you that you are strong and an army of people to help you feel strong enough and help you feel willing to find yourself. So look for those people. Who are the people that are going to encourage you to take time to yourself? Who are the people in your life who are going to encourage you to put yourself first every now and then and who are going to support you and say like, yeah, I'd love to watch the kids. I'd love to take care. I'd love to do, you know, do a trade. I would love to, maybe your spouse is saying like, you know, how about every Saturday morning you go do something? Or how about every Sunday afternoon, you know, I take the kids out and we do whatever and you just stay home alone. I have a friend who stays home with her kids and her husband a couple times a year takes the kids for like a week to his parents' house. And so she gets to be home by herself for a week. How freaking dreamy is that? Can you imagine? Oh, I always get so jealous. So surround yourself with people who will support you in that. And if they're not in your immediate circle right now, start looking for them, start finding them, find people that understand the power of that. And if you listen to podcasts and podcasts like this, it will become more clear how you can find those kind of people and attract those kind of people in your life. So I hope this episode was really helpful. If you know of any moms struggling to find their identity or just struggling with momming in any way, please share this episode with them. You can share this episode by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 103. You can also go and find us on social media at the Shameless Mom Academy on Instagram or Facebook. And our episodes are always posted there so you can share from there as well. So thank you for listening. Thank you for spending time with me today in the Shameless Mom Academy. And remember, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom in Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.